Welcome to the Acosta Institute podcast. I am Dr. Angel Acosta. This is a series of conversations with friends and colleagues from a variety of fields who are in pursuit of healing-centered education. I want to welcome a sister, dear Aiden, who is the ferocious and fearless leader at Mobius. And I have deep, deep respect for her, for the work she's doing in the tech space. Part of the mission of Mobius is bringing about technology worthy of the human spirit. So Aiden, thank you for joining us. I'm excited to, to, to be here with you. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Angel. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to kind of start the conversation by asking you, you know, how are you, how are you staying grounded in these times of, 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 of transition and change? Mm, what a question. It is a constant day-to-day journey to stay grounded during these times. And in some ways, I feel like these times allow us to be more awake to what's true. Mm. And I feel very lucky to have dedicated meditation practice and embodiment movement practice. But honestly, if you all could see me, you could see that I'm that I'm sitting in front of a giant redwood right now. And I have the great fortune of living in the redwoods. And these are the most grounding beings that I know. And so it's always a source of perspective and an awe also um, that really brings me back to a sense of the long arc of time Mm. and to the mystery and spirit that that surrounds us. Mm. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Thank you so much. I want to dive right in into the incredible work uh, that you're doing at Mobius. Could you tell us a little bit more about Mobius, its its vision and your vision for it, and and how the work there relates to kind of bringing about a sense of restoration and healing? Mm, yeah, of course. Um, so as you said, uh, we are working to support the creation of technology that is worthy of the human spirit. And we do that by identifying and supporting technologists who, who share our mission to create a more responsible, compassionate, and just tech sector. And some of those people are trying to create change from inside of the existing tech giants, but increasingly we're really wanting to support and shift power and attention towards those that are really creating transformative new solutions that center our individual and in particular our collective well-being from the mm. outset. And also a lot of how we do that you know, to the theme of healing is that we try to ensure that as people are creating these technologies that are mediating nearly every aspect of many of our experience mm-hmm. that that those the design of those technologies and of those business models are informed by people who have deep wisdom and expertise about how to care for our well-being so healers mm-hmm. spiritual caretakers um scientists um many people who in in a lot of cases have been caring for us for um, millennia, <laughs> mm-hmm, um, but mm-hmm. tend to be left out of the conversation about what technology should look like and and how technologists can have an orientation of care towards those who are using what they're building. Yeah, yeah, that's such important work. I just want to uh, really slow this down and 
really acknowledge you for that work. You know, we know that in the tech space, there is just such gross disproportion, you know, use of power and concentration of power. And those who are in power as well, oftentimes don't necessarily represent its users or um, oftentimes there's just so much, there's so many challenges, you know, from facial recognition technologies to kind of data privacy. So I just want to send you so much energy and the people listening, are, are, I'm sure they're going to appreciate just the work that you're doing because it's so novel. And I really want to acknowledge how Mobius is within the restorative and healing centered term. That's why I've always gravitated towards your work and I respect you. And anytime you reach out, I'm like, yes, what do you need? Because I see Mobius as a healing centered organization very, very profoundly. Wanted to invite you to go a little deeper into how Mobius has, has worked uh, to, to, to really shift the, um, the landscape in the tech space. Is there, is there, is there a particular example of, of work you've done with a particular company? You don't have to name names that you feel really, really satisfied with how it unfolded in terms of the mission of the organization? Mm-hmm. As a way into that, I will acknowledge that our name is Mobius because a Mobius strip is a shape that has no separation between the inside and the outside of the shape. Mm-hmm. So as I first learned from Elder Parker Palmer, it mm-hmm. really breaks down the illusions of the separation between between our inner self and what we create in the world. And also in our case, we really try to think of it as if you extend that out, the separation between what happens in an individual company and what happens across companies in the sector at large. And so I'll speak to an example that's really about that that latter piece and bringing people together across competitors. So in our first phase of work, we really chose to focus on people in senior leadership positions inside of the big tech companies who shared our mission. And as I said before, mm-hmm. we're really expanding that to support those that are creating the new solutions now. But But one of the things I'm really proud of is that we were able to build an intimate community of leaders that come from competitors within the context of a sector that is defined in many ways by ruthless competition. Mm -hmm. And to come together in what what is um, in many ways a quite sacred community that, to use Buddhist language, has the elements of a sangha. So those who sort of are on a path together, and in this case, they are on a path to try to create more ethical behavior, more you know, healing-centered in many ways behavior within their companies. And we've been able to build that by grounding people in shared practice, um, shared meditation, shared reflection that really brings them together first and foremost as human beings who share a deeper, a deeper sense of commitment to this larger goal. And then from there, the out, then we can bring in the outer, which is the work that they're doing in the world and how to be supportive to the extent that they can without breaking confidentiality agreements, um, how to be supportive of each other and accelerating their work. But it really begins with the inner of them connecting mm-hmm. to their own sense of mission, connecting to each other's shared sense of mission. And then from there saying, okay, well, um, how can we support, be supportive of each other? And it, one of the things that I think is most powerful about it is that it connects people to their deeper emotions that they have about why it's important to do the right thing. And in many cases, that includes grief mm-hmm. about uh, the things that they've been involved with building. And we know from, you know, elders like Joanna Macy that mm-hmm. when you really go into grief, you and you, you allow 
people to feel the emotions that they have, then from there you can get to active hope, right? That's like yeah. really more courage, more, more moral courage in this case. So that's something I'm really proud of is that trust that we've been able to build when people have mm-hmm. said over and over, it's impossible to do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, that how could you possibly build a community that's trusting across Apple, Google, Facebook, you know, all of these places. And we, we really do believe that for all of the terrible things that many of these companies have done, they are at the end of the day made up of individuals making, who are making decisions every day, all the time. And they're not just these like giant evil monoliths. And so there's a lot of power in supporting those that mm-hmm. are on the inside really trying to do the right thing. Yeah. 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 So, so thank you so much for that work. So it sounds like, you know, your kind of, uh, the Mobius methodology or, you know, theory of change is, is really one from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And from, from what I've seen, you know, it's yes, on the one hand, creating containers where designers and product managers and CEOs can really tap into uh, their internal landscape and create a sense of inner peace that allows them to sit with some of the difficulties of, of being in the tech space. And, but I also think there's something about community that you do, mm-hmm. you know, just putting, putting those folks with others mm-hmm. who are at other companies who are engaging in trying to, to, to shift how they're engaging in design. I just want to affirm that piece too, that there's a, there's something about how you create community between technologists, between designers, between CEOs. That's really powerful so that people can feel, don't feel isolated in this mm-hmm. monstrous of a challenge to change big tech. And then also, because I remember being part of a couple of those mm-hmm. gatherings. Mm-hmm. And any, anything coming up for you in response to that? Yeah, definitely. Um, yes, I believe that we cannot have systems change, the systems change that we need without community. Um, mm-hmm. And that doing that work, um, whether it's inside of big tech or it's pioneering new models, new ways of doing things, it's really lonely work oftentimes. And it's mm-hmm. really easy to get into a place of like, you know, not believing it's possible. And I really see Mobius as trying to occupy a space of helping people believe in, mm-hmm. have a sense of possibility, be able to feel like they can imagine alternatives, the way things could be instead, you know, it's like, um, many of us have have seen the movie, The Social Dilemma, or the really incredible film Coded Bias about Mm -hmm. the harms of the harms of AI, um, and bias in AI. But what we don't often have is that alternative, what are we building towards? What is the beautiful world that we want to live in and and lifting up the people who are already creating that? And so you know, so I do really deeply believe that in order to to get beyond one-off examples, we need to build community and people need to feel like they're part of something larger than the path that they're trying to forge, which oftentimes, to mix metaphors, but is um, really swimming upstream. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I also want to acknowledge that through that cultivation of inner space, through that curation of community, 
you know, you really foster strong ties across the tech sector. And I, I can speak to that directly because I remember me- meeting several folks from various organizations, especially Marco Polo, the Marco Polo app, mm-hmm. a sister Vlada. Mm-hmm. Sister Vlada and I connected really well. And, you know, but thinking about how Marco Polo app is a healing, can be, can be leveraged as a healing centered app, you know, how can we leverage asynchronous communication in a time of such rapid acceleration of uh, work to to create a more healing centered approach to work itself and the communication that comes with it, but also in our relationships mm-hmm. with each other? So I just wanted mm-hmm. to let you know that I've benefited greatly from mm-hmm. the work that, that you've done. I actually taught a course in May on healing centered education online, and we use the Marco Polo app. Uh, we use we actually use Marco Polo channels. We had a private Marco Polo channel where students came on and asked me questions, and I was able to respond. And mm. just to be able to, I'm actually I'm actually teaching a course right now, and I'm using Marco Polo uh, channels. But just want to shout out Vlada, mm. and then want to chat want want to shout out you. And then the point that I want to make here is that you know Mobius in being a healing-centered organization with its mission and its scope and its, uh, and its vision, you get more healing-centered organizations, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Like you get, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to speak for her, but I don't think Vlada was calling herself a healing-centered leader before you did mm. the work with her and before mm. I, I pushed her a little bit to see the work and the end of technology mm. as well. So it, it brought up a lot for us during the class around what do healing center technologies look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And one of the things that's bringing up for me is just the commitment that it takes from from the leaders who are doing mm-hmm. this work. And and in Vlada's case, I don't want to speak for her, but this it's it's very personal. You know, it came from she when she started uh, Marco Polo. It came from a deep sense of wanting to be more deeply connected to her family, particularly her family abroad, and. And she stayed so committed to that. So like the DNA of the company is yeah. right. You know, it's like not a company that unlike some others that we all know, um, <laughs> you know, was created in order for people to meet hot girls like yeah. Facebook. For yeah, example, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to like be direct about it. Yeah. And you see what happens it, with the DNA, you know, like there are plenty of people who are inside of Facebook right now who are really trying to do the right thing. We, some of them are part of our community, but like it's really hard when when those that foundation is not set from the beginning, from the top. And and I'll also just say part of the power of community here is that Vlada has had to do really hard things all along the way to stay in line with her values, mm-hmm. including saying no to fund to investors who mm-hmm. were gonna force her to scale at all costs, you mm-hmm. know, or or mm-hmm. you know, and her, she's saying that's not what I'm about. And yeah. so in order for entrepreneurs to feel like they can they can do that kind of thing. I feel like locking arms with others that are doing it, that are standing up to the dominant paradigm. Yeah. You know, we really need that kind of sense of, okay, we can, we can do this hard thing, even though a lot of people are going to turn to her and say, are you crazy? Yeah. Not take, you know, you didn't take that money. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's major.
That's major. So I wanted to kind of ground the conversation and some that rich uh, social relation relations that we've been able to cultivate. I just think the vision uh, that Mobius has is so powerful. And I wanted folks to, in closing, to really understand, you know, you use the word pastoral care mm-hmm. often when you write about and you talk about Mobius. Can you talk more about what that role is, mm-hmm. you know, pastoral care in relation to supporting big tech? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So part of my background is that I, I got to spend a year in a fellowship at Harvard Divinity School, where I was looking at the intersection of technology, ethics, um, spirituality, and justice. Yeah, it was just really clear. I was housed in this institution where people were being, being trained to care, you know, ministers broadly defined from a lot of different traditions, which is really, you know, caring for people through the, uh, the most intense periods of life with those with the most joy to the most grief. And that training being grounded in millennia, as I said before, of people who have who have done that work of caring for people through the experience of being human. Mm. And there's a Gregory the Great was um, like the equivalent of the Pope in like 500 something AD or something a really long time ago. I'll just say that. And he wrote a, a manual for pastoral care, which mm. says something like I'm going to I'm not going to quote it quite right. But who would you know, care for people's soul without the the training that's needed when this is the art of arts. Mm-hmm. And so when we live in a time where technology is the portal through which we are experiencing, you know, so much of our life where we are, oftentimes we are grieving through these portals, we are learning through them, we are loving through them, then technologists are de facto caretakers of our well-being because mm-hmm. the decisions that they're making mm are influencing our deeper experience, our deepest experience of being human. Uh And yet that level of training that people go through, the moral responsibility that comes with this art of arts, as Gregory the Great called it, of caring for the soul, that training does not exist, you Uh know, in computer science degree programs, in coding boot camps, in Uh the onboarding that companies have for people. And, and, I'm not saying that technologists should be trained in that necessarily, but there needs to be a recognition of the moral responsibility that comes with being in that kind of a position Uh and bringing in those that do have that expertise, bringing in those who, who really are deeply steeped in how to care for our souls. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you were pointing to angel, um, just that way of thinking about, what it means to be a technologist right now mm-hmm. and the implications of the decisions that are being made on our deepest experience of being human. It's not just a message for technologists. It's also a message for people who see themselves as, you know, people who care for our souls, people mm-hmm. who are caretakers, mm-hmm. um, people who are in, you know, wh- wherever kind of coming from a wide range of different perspectives yeah. from that. But that, that there is a place in technology. We need you to like help inform what's being built. And that's not to say there are easy pathways because there's so much that, you know, 
so many barriers to doing work in the tech sector for so many people. Yeah. But that's a lot of what we're trying to do is break down some of those barriers and help for the perspectives of people who really are healers, our caretakers to to help to to shape some of what's next yeah. in technology. Yeah. I'm not, but th- but there is a place in technology we need you to yeah. like help inform what's being built. And that's not to say there are easy pathways because there's so much that, you know, so many barriers to doing work in the tech sector for so many people. Yeah. But that's a lot of what we're trying to do is break down some of those barriers and help for the perspectives of people who really are healers, our caretakers to, mm. to help to, to shape some of what's next. Yeah. In technology. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And I'm thinking about the work of bio, Dr. Bio Komolafe, you know, he sometimes suggests that, you know, times are urgent, therefore we must slow down. I had, I had a nice conversation with him a couple of days ago and, you know, he, another piece of his insight and recommendation is getting lost mm. and, and the value of, of getting lost. So I kind of wanted to close out with an invitation to get lost in the sense that based on this conversation, you know, what's coming up for you in regards to either your work or this moment, mm. you know, touching into the, I think so often we're asked questions and we kind of have a, not a preset answer, but because we live the work, mm. you know, our life is the answer in whatever interview we're in. So I just wanted to invite you to to sit with that last question is what's coming up for you right now in regards of just a constellation of thoughts that, that have come up for you in this conversation? Yeah. I mean, one of the main things that's really coming up for me, and I appreciate this, I feel this, the, this sort of the sobriety that comes with, with having spent a couple of years trying to shift big tech. <laughs> <laughs> just um, increasingly, I feel like I've become more and more clear-eyed about how, how hard it is to do that work in a way that, that really will build the world that ultimately mm-hmm. I want to be part of building mm-hmm. that is more mm-hmm. loving and that is more just, and you know, that, that really lifts up the perspectives of those that have been most marginalized by the existing system mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just kind of sitting with my answer to the last question of like bringing spiritual caretakers broadly defined to, you know, into tech to help, help inform tech, but really wanting to recognize a name that like, that's not going to change the underlying Mm. problem, which ultimately is capitalism, which ultimately is living within a world that is driven by a system that's fueled by greed, Mm. as opposed to fueled by love and compassion. You know, I'm, I sit with that question all the time of like how my work can can really help get at that root mm-hmm. and how to do that one step at a time too, yeah. you know, cause that can be really paralyzing of like, nothing's good enough if it's not, um, <laughs> you know, like yeah. shifting the underlying norms of our economic system and what drives these companies and what, what's, what's fueling the creation of these technologies. But I also want to be very conscious all the time of, am I working on root? Um, like to, to speak to the, within the, a metaphor of healing, it's like, yeah. if the tech sector is sick, you know, it's like I could be work, spending all my time working on symptoms 
Um, and even, even worse, I could be spending all of my time hiding, trying, you know, like hiding symptoms, <laughs> mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. ultimately what I want to be working on is creating a healthier body and yeah. supporting those that are, that are be spread out the cells that are spread out throughout the body and seeing mm-hmm. each other and becoming stronger because of each other. Yeah. So that's, what's coming up for me is like really kind of holding that with, with a sense of like excitement and inspiration. And also, um, it's, you know, with a sense of like being daunted and like really want wanting for myself, I want to be in community with others who are, who are on that path together too, which yeah. is one reason why I feel so connected to you, Angel. Cause I know that that's where you, where you are really coming from with a lot of this work too. It's the deeper roots of, of what's creating so much pain in the world right now Yeah, and what needs to be healed. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for that, uh, dear sister. I want to uh, send you tons of energy as you, one step at a time, you know, engage in this incredible work and just appreciate you for how you show up and how you do it with, uh, you know, with not just a smile on your face, but with a light spirit, a heavy hand in the sense of just like you're lifting a lot, but a light spirit. And just thank you so much. Mm. Thank you. I really appreciated the opportunity to have this conversation, as I always do with you, Angel. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this work is nourishing and and supportive. I encourage you to follow the Acosta Institute on our multiple social media platforms, where you can learn more about our courses and other offerings. May this work and all of us continue to thrive.